0: So another topic, I keep saying this is another topic with Lisa. But this one actually is not, it's with Lisa, but not from the brain of Lisa. Although I'm assuming your brain will be involved. Adventure lies in the unknown. By making everything unknown, you heighten the stress and anxiety on the participants because they don't know anything. And where's that balance of what is an adventure? What is unknown to the audience? What do we give our participants, what do we choose not to give them, in order to make it both a psychologically safe environment for them, but also still an adventuresome experience. So I can I can just I can start this with a thought that I was having that I totally agreed with this notion and I wonder how much is still taught you just don't tell anyone anything that the adventure is like that people a group arrives and you tell them as little as possible to create the sense of adventure so when you get asked like what are we doing next or when are we doing this or when are we going to eat or they just don't reveal that stuff and i know that you and i have had similar thoughts around the the idea that we we should be starting presenting agendas we recently went to a, a faculty program where you wrote the agenda up on the on the wall. So what, what's your, your thoughts around why adding like a kind of a skeleton structure of the agenda of the day is important to the participants?
1: I, I mean, I was taught that sort of the adventure and the sense of mystery is all encompassing and that to give too much in terms of what people are going to learn or any kind of structure of the day would be It would be, it would sort of be working against two things. It'd be working against one, the instructor's ability to be flexible, because, well, if I promised you this, then I have to take that back, and that could be a problem. The other thing I was taught was that you want to keep people wondering. And I think the piece that I have got some training around in the last few years that helps me rethink that a little bit is actually out in Oregon at the last ACCT conference, I attended a workshop around how to infuse some more trauma-informed practices into everyday programming. And one of the first recommendations was give people structure. And that that just so clicked with me as a learner. I can tolerate a lot of mystery in terms of what the activities are going to be, but I would like to know when I'm going to have lunch. I would like to know what time I'm going to end the day. And so I've just been trying to parse out in my mind sort of What needs to be mysterious and adventuresome and what doesn't? And then the other question that I would ask back to you is like, does the word mystery even fit? Do you have in this conversation, Phil, a a definition of adventure that you generally have in your mind that, that works for you?
0: That there is an element of risk. And so risk doesn't
1: have to be physical. It can be emotional
0: or social. So there's some level of risk that there is an unknown element, less so maybe unknown, but more so unique. We can demonstrate like, hey, we're going to climb that today. It's still unique. And then the last one is that there's some learning outcome. So those are the kind of components, I would say, of adventure programming for me is, uh, once again, risk, unique, and educational. So withholding information, I don't think, contributes to any of those outcomes. It feels like the pushing someone in the deep end to teach them to swim when you're going to try to justify withholding information as well, I want them to truly experience the adventure. You know, like I'm gonna sort of like counter our argument with a real scenario for myself of moments where I'm like, ugh, is when a client asks for an agenda prior to the program. I have this kind of like, Ugh, okay. And the reason I feel that is because I actually don't 100% know what the agenda is going to be. And I can write an agenda and I can come up with activities that I might choose to do. But by giving them to the client, they're not going to know what those activities are because the names are also unique. And I'm also going to be flexible and probably change my mind. And so I struggle sometimes with that. But I'm not sure that that might be what they're asking for, at least that's why I sometimes think of like, "Oh, they're not going to understand this." But I think probably what they're looking for is exactly what you're, ask- you're saying: When is the lunch breaks, when is the end? When does the start, when is the end? And if we just gave them start, middle and end, maybe that would satisfy their need for an agenda.
1: I think so. And I think if I think back to the program that you and I did a few weeks ago in New Hampshire, and I wrote that agenda for a faculty day, which I'd never done that before. And this that was really sort of inspired from this training I had at ACCT around, give people more information so they could be more present for the adventure. I also added sort of in a general way, the timing, but also like, when are you going to be as a full group versus when are you going to be in smaller groups? And I think that that additional layer of information can be helpful to people. Like like if you're a person who tends to put out a lot of energy in a large group space, it might be helpful to know like, this is when we get to break out into smaller groups. I, I noticed, Phil, at this point, a few minutes into the conversation that neither of us have used the word surprise as a component of adventure. And I just think that that's notable. And I think sometimes in that original definition of sort of how do you support people in having that sense of adventure that I was trained, which is basically tell them nothing, which you and I are both sort of disagree with at this point. Part of that, I think did include this element of surprise. And not everybody likes being surprised. I remember maybe five or six years ago, I actually had the opportunity to attend a level one training, which is a training I've been doing for years. The instructor at the time felt strongly that we not let people know that they would be um, not having any programming on Saturday night. That it was the day one of the training and my facilitator that I had at the time said, no, I don't tell people that in advance because I like them to be surprised. And I think that there is something, I think there's a great intention there of like wanting people to sort of feel like, oh, this is great or this is wonderful. I think if you look at it from a a practical perspective, I think the more we can let people know about their schedules, the more that they're gonna be present in our workshops. So I think going back to what you said about sharing an agenda in advance, I think it would be fascinating to write out an agenda that's not include any activities, but just included like, how do you want people to feel at this point in the day, at this point in the day, at this point in the day, and then leave it at that. I've never tried that before, but that would be really fascinating. And then that gives us a lot of flexibility in our activity choice to say, yep, after lunch, I want people to feel reinvigorated and excited about the afternoon. Well, you could go anywhere with that objective in terms of what activity you choose to do. I think the sort of summary of the The overlaps in our comments, Phil, are that adventure is not at odds with structure and that adventure does not necessarily mean surprise or chronic unknowing, but that there's a a mutual definition around uniqueness or novelty. I mean, for me, if I'm going to be asked to do something unique, novel, tapping into unknown things, well, I'm going to do a lot better job of that if I know, like, is it okay to use my phone? Is there a bathroom up on the course? You know, like those things that really help me be present and get my needs met. I'm going to
0: tie in one other thing that I think as I'm as I'm hearing this, and I'm actually just going to play the audio. So there'll be audio in a moment of Tom Leahy talking about comfort zones around how people come into a workshop, not in their comfort zone. And it's our job to build their comfort zone. So I'm going to play that now.
2: What I believe is the most important thing is that we make the assumption that people are in their comfort zone and they need to leave the comfort zone to grow. And I agree with that. But when we assume that they're in their comfort zone all the time with whatever we do, what we don't realize is that they walk into the workshop already feeling at risk. And then they meet the people and they feel at risk. A person of color might see all these white faces and they might feel at risk. And someone in the LBGTQ community might come in and see all these people and they might feel at risk. So the fact of the matter is that the job one for a facilitator is to help people to build a comfort zone. It's not to drive them out of it. It's not to force them out of it. We're not trying to push them up anything. The first thing is, is you're in this new strange environment. My job as a facilitator is to help you establish the safety And my job as facilitator is to set the boundaries so that people realize we're going to treat this differently. And when everybody feels safe, we can take a step forward. And when people feel safe, they're more likely to choose to leave their comfort zone. If they don't feel safe, they try to stay in it. And they're not there. And so it gets worse and worse and worse. And the reason I play that is because I think that that
0: is something that is possibly a new mindset to the world of adventure. I think sometimes people might kind of push back a little bit on this idea that we're like reducing adventure in some way, but I think what we're doing is ensuring that adventure is something that people are feeling like they get there's an entry point in and that, it, that we're not bringing them into high levels of, levels of stress immediately into a program. And I think that you know navigating things like this is where the bathrooms are concrete things about the day can be really helpful.
1: Cool. Yeah. I like that you tied that into building comfort zones. It's so true. Like sometimes I'll just say like, what information would you, is most important to sort of know right now before we start? And that's, you know, you get lots of information back from that question. Well, thanks for tuning in to another episode of myself and Lisa featuring myself and Phil.
2: Thanks for listening to Vertical Playtime.
0: And then what about, thanks for listening to High Fives Podcast. Can you do it? Okay, try. Thanks for giving us a guy <laughs> <laughs>